Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. To that same old place that you laughed about. Well the names have all changed since you hung around okay they didn't, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd leave you, back here where we need you. Welcome back welcome back welcome back. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright. Hello and welcome to the rules of acquisition. A podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The deepest and the spaciest and the most serialized of all the Star Treks. My name is Wade Bowen. And with me, as always, is James Nolan. Around Dodge City and in the territories on West, there's just one way to end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Hey, hey. And also, Hugh Crawford. Hello. Yes. And, yep, we're talking about an episode that's picking up three months later from the last episode um, and last season called, what, A Time to Stand? Is that right? Hmm. Yes, this is episode one of season six. It originally aired September 29th, 1997. And here is the IMDb description. Borrowing a captured Jem'Hadar attack ship, Cisco and the crew embark on a mission to destroy the hidden base where all the Ketracel white is stored for the entire Alpha Quadrant. Um, That doesn't even get brought up until like halfway through the episode. No, this is... This is it, baby. We're in it now. Mm-hmm. We're in the Dominion War, and we're losing. <laughs> we're losing. Right. God damn it. Yeah, people are dying. <laughs> Brandon Tartikoff apparently is dead. Uh, I don't know who that is, well, but he has a... What? He, he was a huge... Uh, oh, his name is familiar, he, yeah. Tell me about him. He's a giant figure in uh, like oh. NBC. I guess Paramount, but I thought NBC, too. Okay. I mean, I think he's most famous for creating all the sports shit but um sports programming but like he took over saturday night live after when uh what's his face left for six years yeah and and, Uh um and basically he ruined it except for he also found eddie murphy so he just said eddie murphy do everything for four years as he he discovered joe piscopo right he just and and (laughs) billy i mean he put billy crystal on there he put uh Iron Man on there. Oh, right. You put Julia Louise Dreyfus and Julia Louise Dreyfus's weird ass goony husband. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not. It's, it's and apparently some Star Trek. It's stuff some somewhere. of their worst seasons, but like, I guess that, yeah, I don't. He originally approached Rick Berman about doing a Star Trek series in the. Yeah, I guess he was the one that did the. That started up the whole um, Next Generation shit. Oh, okay. So. So he deserves a. In memory of. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was rather uncouth of me just to say call him another dead guy like all these fictional people i know <laughs> he, he ruined stutter night live oh yeah <laughs> and, uh, he did a bunch of other stuff too i'm trying to like he was famous before he ruined saturday night live right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got better and then it got worse again uh, well it got better by them going back to who started it right so. yeah what, when lauren what the fuck came is back. his name i can't remember his name lauren michaels. lauren michaels yes a tale as old as time yes star wars sucks i mean saturday night live sucks oh it got better it's good again now 
But it's not like when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. He is actually not involved with The Next Generation. He is involved directly with Deep Space Nine. It was his idea to do a second Star Wars series. Trek. But he is the producer Star for Wars Star even, Trek. Huh? Sorry. I'm still like <laughs> fucking this late in the game. I'm still doing that dumb shit. Okay, so these are the shows that he actually produced. Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, Law and Order, Alf, Ooh. Family Ties, The Cosby Show, Cheers, Seinfeld, Golden Girls, Wings, Miami Vice, Knight Rider, The A-Team, Saved by the Bell, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, St. Elsewhere, and Night Court. Basically every show ever. Okay, so he's got a pedigree. He's, mm-hmm. he's done some stuff. All right. Well, rest in power. So uh. anyway, the actual episode opens up with... With what? With Majel Barrett doing a previously last season. That's right. Then we ended with that shot of all the the Federation fleet looking all badass, but then we cut the beginning of this, that same fleet, and they've had their asses handed to them. They're all getting towed by tractor beams and got sparks flying off of them because it's been three months and it's just been engage and retreat, engage and retreat. Engage, retreat, engage, retreat. Just once, I would have liked to have gotten a look at their backs. Chief, that's enough. Well, Brian gets a little lippy yeah, right yeah, off the yeah. bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cisco tells him, he's like, enough. Now, mm-hmm. Cisco, uh, Avery Brooks, you know, we see a lot in his repertoire acting ability, but he does exasperated and exhausted really well, too. <laughs> he I think. does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that may be his strongest. Well, is that he develops this, mo- he develops this character. Out of, I mean, you know, it's sort of a statement that bad actors act where good actors react. Like that idea that that you build your character when you're listening to other people. Right, right. Uh, And that's something that he's definitely, definitely the best at, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's great. So, uh, I mean, and I think that that might be, if I want to turn this compliment into Avery Brooks into a uh, negative trait of uh, backhanded to Bashir, watch watch Bashir in scenes (laughs) when other people are talking. Uh That's what I'll say. He's looking very serious. (laughs) He's very stone-faced, let's put it that way. Yes, He's, but uh, I'll get to Bashir in a second. Yeah, they they can't wait to m- catch back up with the seventh fleet that is loose in the Tyra Banks system far away, or the Tyra system. Uh, yeah. Then we cut to Garrick and Bashir. The the B boy they broke up or something. They had a bad breakup because Garrick's not so friendly with them anymore. He's kind of bitter. He thought he you think you know you you, you go out to breakfast with a guy and for so long you think you know a guy and then it turns out that he's an augment and he lied to you about who he was what is the what's really going on in this scene should we just say that i like this we all like we all love this episode right there's not a lot of yeah 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 this yeah. is this is the good my shit. problems like, with this episode have nothing to do with this episode ah uh, okay okay are you laying in the cut with that i am a okay. little bit whenever you guys want to whenever you guys want to unpack that we can okay well let's just what is going on with like I, I don't you know so you're saying that you don't like this scene you don't like Bashir in this very much is that what you're saying no 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 i'm asking like what's going on like what did the writers think was going on oh, yeah. like it seems like that there's... Was, garrick is as upset that he thought he was intimate with Bashir, but Bashir was holding a secret now garrick's like calling him out on the carpet on it. Yeah, they're heard about it, right? Okay, okay. So we're we're going with that, but I think that like there is. I think that he's got a point. What I like. Well, the whole thing with let me get this whole thing out. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with my dislike, or what's now becoming to the forefront of my dislike of the Bashir reveal from last season, is that 
once you find that out about Bashir, Bashir just becomes really underwhelming. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> you know, like, like, you're like, right. okay, because like you could say before that Bashir is a dick and he's an asshole, but he's, you know, he's trying the hardest he can and he's, he's focused on the right things. But then you just find out, you're not really trying. I mean, like, that's like we've all seen Ralph of Khan we, or Space Seed. We know what you can do. Right. That's what the scene's trying to fix, it feels like to me. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I think so. But, like, I don't. And, and they actually do give him an augment moment at the end. He's full of them. He's basically Spock in this. And using him as a, as a mintad. <gasps> I brought up Dune. Oh, oh my God. Oh, triggered. It's no. by the juice of Sapu that thoughts acquire speed, the lips acquire stains. The stains become a warning. It is by will alone I set my mind. But um, you're right. They they do. Yeah, but yeah, it just seems to me that like he should be more important. And I know that that becomes a plot point later. So I get that. Yeah, I think uh, I like. But I, I think th- is that what the scene is trying to sort of lay out? Is that why are you such a weak ass? Well, if you're so special, that's not at all what I don't think this. I think this scene is Garrick is bitter and he's not playing weak ass at all. Like in the scene, he's like, I don't have to pretend anymore. Now I I will show off. And that's what Garrett. That's what Garrett gives okay, him shit okay, for. Okay, okay, yeah. So you didn't understand. I'm saying that that Bashir's performance in the war is now. They have a Captain America on the ship, and he's waving a little wand over people's boo boos. Like, I mean, he's <laughs> he's working. He's working hard, man, and he's doing extra work. Apparently, he's, well, he he, he double checks the computer's work on the fly a few times. Right. Yes. And no, I'm saying that they 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 almost. It's like they introduced that the Garrick scene to give him a. And, I, I, I I'm not asking what the interpersonal. I I'm accepting your Garrick Bashir I'm, interpersonal well, I, issue, yeah. but I'm saying that the writers put that scene in there for a reason. And right. yeah, that's what I said. They're, to remind everybody, it's been months since. It's been months since we talked about the things that Bashir could do. That's right. And here at a syndicated TV, we need to like remind you. And so they have to introduce that in, but also introduce that to the fact that, that he's not using that yet. But he So there is a coming out of his shell, so that's his arc, is that he has to learn how to start applying his, his Mintat abilities to the war. Well, what I read in this scene is that in these three months, he has started using that. He's not criticizing him for not using it. Oh, okay. Garrick is, he's like, you're showing off now and then, and, and now you're, you're smug and attitude. Yes. Oh, okay. And people don't like you. That's why you're unpopular, which is funny because... Because I forgot, I'm sitting here looking over it again. He did do that little weird survival calculation. Yes, there, yes. And that was, yeah. That, yeah. So, mm. yeah, Garrick's telling him his smug attitude, people don't like you, that's why you're unpopular, which is funny because that's kind of why people don't like Garrick to an extent. He's smug and... Well, I think it's that he backstabs them all the time and tries to kill them. Well, there's that too. <laughs> but, but you know, yeah. It, uh, while also being smug. Sure. And even throughout this episode, I think Bashir's done trying to learn how to be his new self. Like they've had three months and he's they're doing another they're settling into finally rebooting the character. Mm-hmm. Like they had in one one off episode they wrote last second. And last season they didn't really settle in to figure out how to do that with the character because they should, give him a sh- they should give him a shield and make him run into battle and then like punch people yeah. and throw his shield at them and then jump off of buildings and get in fights in, in elevators like he's he's an augment he okay be. so we're saying that maybe it would be better if like Bashir was whisked away to start like what they do later like maybe. Star Trek intelligence maybe. and use become, their or yeah. should he be like in his own fighter pilot in his own fighter jet like like Worf like 
him you and, know, in dog fights with the Jim Hadar or something. I don't know. Dog fighting the wedge Antilles. Yeah. I mean, but even as the episode goes on, you can see Cisco fall back and start to ask him questions and lean on his expertise some. Yeah. And there's a scene later on where But it is just him being a computer though. Yeah, he's a mintat. But he comes in and But they but they have computers. I let me yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He can do calculations and everything, but also he comes in later and He's apparently already doing more intelligent stuff because Cisco asked him about. He already knows what has happened to the Seventh Fleet. Yeah, because some sort of permit. So he's like their intelligence guy. Yeah, that's because of priority. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or just someone at his level. The message came down on all computers at his level. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just read it as like he he's in touch with intelligence also. Because that's something they. Hmm. You know, and then Garrick says, You're not genetically engineered. You're a Vulcan. And he does kind of take on, they are, they're playing the spot game with him where, oh, don't give me the odds you, using your logic. That's the stuff that I found dumb. That's the part of this thing that I found kind of weird. Yeah. It almost seems like they're trying to figure out a way to play him. They're still, we're six seasons in and they're still trying to figure out a way to make Bashir palpable to us. And by making him a, a, a sort of like poor man Spock, they think that's going to work. Maybe. And I guess it does for some people. Yeah. It, it worked I, for me because I liked what they did with Bashir in this. See, I guess that I was thinking that, that all of the stuff that they're doing later is just that it's still not a good idea because they're using him as a computer. Right. When they got computers. But so that would be, yeah, like that would be a useful (laughs) skill if they were stranded, like if they were stranded on like a planet, which um, they may even do. Like, yeah, but But, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, but like he's the his his job in this episode is to, to solve a math proof really fast, and then Dax look up and go, he's right. <laughs> like that was right. Well, if you just Garrick... waited a half a second, you wouldn't have to go through all that trouble. <laughs> yeah, and in the Garrick scene, he's like, well, how much chance do we have? Fifty percent? Like, no, it's more like thirty-two point seven. And then mm. he doesn't lie. He's like, oh, you're not a you're a Vulcan. You're not so boyish anymore, Doctor. Not so boyish anymore, Doctor. You're not as cute as you used to be. They've had a breakup, and then Martok and Worf show up, and she jumps into his arms, and they have. Oh, that's this is everything about the scene. It's my favorite scene in this show in this episode. Really? What's so great about it? Uh, everything about. I it. mean, it's fine. That Worf is uh, so particular. It was like that was that little character move. It was all character stuff. It was everything about it was character stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got the famous line that Klingons make great warriors but make bad doctors. It has everything about the way Cisco sort of reacts and deals with it. But just to see, like, like it was the first time that Jadzia had to play, like, a. that's one of the few times in life where someone, in real life, like, in real life, where a normal person has a giant big emotion that's out of proportion to the people around them. And that's when, like, a lover comes home or, like, a you know, like, or, or maybe, like, a puppy came on board or something like that. And the way she plays that is so convincing and the way Worf is is so convincing. And then their fight that they have is, like, such a particularly Worf <laughs> Tell her. thing. Yes. Tell her. Tell me what? It can wait. No! It cannot. Yeah, like Martok, he wouldn't shut the fuck up about when we're killing the Targ for the wedding. And it's again about Worf being really particular about something that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's all because he killed that kid in the soccer game. <laughs> and <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, but like everything about that was great and her reaction to it. And then the little. Well, shed blood, then face. Then they have that statement of love where, where Cisco's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Whatever. Like you telling you, don't do go. Don't go through all this bullshit. Like a. Take it from me, old man. 
A small wedding is the way to go. I'm a man that knows how to tell people how to get married. I feel like, and so that's like a, it's like an obnoxious thing about, you know, dude, don't go through all that. That's all bullshit. Like with kids, don't, don't register for that shit. You don't need it, you know? <laughs> and so Cisco's doing that. And then they're basically, you know, like, fuck you, Cisco. We do what we want to do. I've been married enough. Let me do my wedding how I want. Mm-hmm. Like, And then you get the, the tonal shift change of don't, like... Don't break any bones when you go fuck. Oh, yes. Don't break <laughs> bones when you fuck. And she crosses her fingers. <laughs> like, she's kind of hoping that it does. <laughs> I didn't see her cross her fingers, but that's pretty great. Yeah. She crosses her fingers at him. Mm. Like... We're going to go hard. Let's hope. I don't pull an Achilles. Uh, but uh, and then that's when it does the whole turn oh, yeah. on the, yeah. the, the the course of the war. So Only 14 of 112 of the 7th Fleet made it back to Federation land line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we're going back to Starbase 375 for reassignment. And then credits roll. Oh, yeah. Boring music that some people love that listen to this podcast. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I mean, it gives me time to look at my phone uh, yeah. before I have to like. Oh, no, I hit up. the skip intro button every time. <laughs> me too. Uh, sometimes I do, but sometimes I let it play. Unless I'm worried that there's going to be a new, you know, dumb ship in the intro, but uh, not this. Then it cuts back, and then, then we're back on DS9. But instead of a captain's log, we've got a permanent documentation file, Ducat S6, because Ducat's back on the station. Oh, yeah, there's lots It's of- a good time for Cardassia and the Dominion. I'm Rake. Yeah, basically, we everything we have here would feel sort of like heightened if we weren't living through <laughs> the times that we're in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right now. All, all the stuff with the free press mm-hmm. and all the stuff with make Cardassia, I did everything to make Cardassia great again. It all feels like kindergarten or stuff <laughs> compared does, to real life yeah. right now. Yeah. And I feel that like I, I felt like this episode had a real punch to it the first time I watched it because we weren't living through it. Um, <laughs> See, but, so it's lesson for you because it's recognizable. See, I like. You know, it makes, I like no. It just makes I'm it saying, feel like more. I'm saying that I don't think it's extreme enough at this point. It seems quaint, right? Yes, that's it. If it, it does feel quaint, but to the unexperienced person who wasn't living through it before, it felt like a heightened, like it felt more intense. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like, oh, how awful it must be for them to live on that station now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't feel like shook. I was like, oh yeah, this feels familiar, <laughs> which is a testament. Yes, but you know, they do talk about a couple things, like you know that one scene with Kira and uh, Ducat where. He's talking about the last three months haven't really been that bad. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's one that's one of those. It touches upon one of those things that we talk about every day as three citizens of Hellworld. That um, you know, there are some weird everyday normal stuff that happens alongside like the horrible stuff. Yeah, and that's what makes you like slowly accept the the new status quo. And Ducat bringing that up to Kira was a good, you know, indication of how things are on the, on, on the ship. Yeah. Even that's though, the thing. You know, I, yeah. I think that that's an interesting point you make. Because I first watched this, I probably said this a thousand times, I first watched this in 2005, which was at the height of, I've never really dulled into it, but it was at the height of the Iraq War. And it felt really pertinent and true to me. And one of the things that's different, I think that a lot of, like, longtime lefties... Uh, older people like we all remember how horrible it was during the Bush administration and how yeah. like just how like it was a nightmare but now it seems quaint it does and yeah. one one of the things that's remarkable about like the difference between now and then 
is that the Bush administration kind of did all the same shit. You have these evil figures in Karl Rove and Dick Cheney, but you also had a lot of like just kind of people that were like chummy with the press and with Democrats, but they were just, but they were still like doing all this evil shit. And so that Wei Yoon being so friendly to Jake, mm-hmm. I can't publish that, but I can, you know, it, it's sort of because that seems nicer than what we're going through now, which is just like, fuck you, fake news, enemy of the people. Like that kind right. of like right. rhetoric right. that's coming from the, like all branches of the, of the government is more typical of this time where it really is just very adversarial. Like, fuck you. And that's that's the stance of our U.S. government to the U.S. press. And so this relationship between Wei Yun, though I get that it's manipulative and toxic, I get all that, but it seems like more manageable than if Wei Yun was just, like, mean. Like, town drunk, like, you know, like, Trumper mean. <laughs> and so, like, and I think that that's what makes it feel... Right, I mean, I think like, there's... And it's not yeah, fair yeah. to the show. They can't know that we were. They they can't. Yeah, I, yeah. There's there's more than one way to be insidious. But you're right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. But fuck what, them for not predicating Hellworld or for predicting Hellworld. But like, there's something about it that takes the intensity or the out of it. Right. Which is why I think that's why I've been making these critiques of the last several episodes, where it's like when Jake got teleported onto Wayun's ship, that was fucking crazy, you know. But like, but why were they so civil and you know and why? And it's because it was playing like a, a quainter, older form of war games, mm-hmm. where I think now it's it's not that way. And so it seems... No, yeah, it's different than... Yeah. <laughs> it's not our situation that our, we find our... It's in some ways the reality we live in now is a little more yeah. harsh. It's just that, the, 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 that just every tone, oh, tonal thing is more adversarial. So just like the character Wei Yun in general feels falser which isn't fair I don't, see I, I don't see i I, oh, I don't think it feels false yeah. at all it just doesn't feel it's not quite this as apple it's not a one-to-one what we're going through but it's still yeah, like a it's st- not it, it, no it's it not isn't. i'm not saying it is i'm just saying right. what it feels to a person emotionally yeah, yeah who's yeah. watching the show right Get it feels less real life dire than steve bannon right well you know or john bolton or john bolton or, or yeah yeah in, in a way that where I think that what they were reflecting back on was, I mean, you even think back to a character like Baghdad Bob or something like that, or even Ari Fleischer to some degree, like, uh, you know, obsequiousness, that Fox News charm that they used to have during the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. That's more way unish than what we got now. Yeah. Remember, Hannity used to have to have a liberal on his show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it used to be Hannity, Hannity and Combs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, they, I mean, he was, right, right. was a puppet, but like still, like just to, to false balance it. Right. And now right. it's well, just. I mean, and this, this was. Now, like... today, Tucker Carlson just said that Mexico is taking over America to topple our constitution. He said that on Fox News today. Well, I, yeah, I get it. So it's it is one of those situations where this intrigue element seems a little kindergartner. See, I didn't find. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. It, yeah, it's in this was ninety seven, about ten years. Yeah, later. this is me. This is me. I mean, you're not. I, I, I mean, you're you're yeah, going to yeah, defend yeah. the show. Like, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about me watching it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. A, I'm not making an actual textual critique of it. 
right. more of a cultural critique of it. Yeah. That wasn't even the problem I had with it that had nothing to do with the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go back to it. That wasn't, that wasn't even it. I ran about No, um, we could get into that whenever. Oh, you're want, big but... in the cut. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of talked about the Kira and her Me Too moment with Dukat. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was gross. That was. Yeah, thing that she wants the Bajoran security back on. Her biggest angle, her her angle in this episode is that she realizes that the only thing that will that they respect that Wayun and um well the the Cardassians are rabid dogs on a leash, and the only thing that's going to keep them that leash tight is Odo, but Odo is you know because Odo's kind of dumb about how systems work yeah so like he doesn't know he doesn't want to or he doesn't understand how he can use his position as a founder to manipulate Wayun. and right. that's not even well yeah that's yes. her arc of the show that's her is well, her, trying arc to con- is, her arc is that she wants bajoran security back on and wants to instill you know some order some power back over the and how she does that is yeah but, but then once he gets the power she's like wait a minute i'm not sure if this is what i wanted right she wasn't sure if that was a good idea yeah or yeah, not. yeah i mean what well, yeah I, I mean she she said like you know at the beginning scene she's like i want this and dukata's like no we're not doing that we're not letting bajorans have guns yeah <laughs> yeah and wayun's trying to play nice like well i don't know and dukata's like no and it's like well okay well tell odo i love him you know if <laughs> Yeah. And, and then Dukat, if he wants to, if he wants to mention me, or <laughs> right, talk about right. me, or give me pointers on how I can do my job better. <laughs> right. And then when she leaves, Dukat's like, "Well, she's a fascinating woman, isn't she?" And she's like, "I wouldn't know. I'm only hot for Odo." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you, I almost got a sense. And then he starts to take Dukat to task. And I called Dukat Reek last episode, like he's kind of like been cowed by the Dominion. Mm-hmm. But then in this episode, I even, you know, he's kind of cock of the walk now that he's got the station back in three months. And you get the sense like um, Wayun is like, well, it's been three months. You said you'd have those mines out off of the uh, wormhole like in two months and they're still not going. And he's like, just chill out. Don't get your panties in a wad. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And. You start to get this, I got the sense anyway, that maybe even Ducat's playing a long game where he doesn't even really want the Dominion. Oh, I, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely. definitely thought that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was the look that he gave Damar whenever they were talking about what what's actually going to go on at the station. Right, yeah. right. One of my favorite parts of this episode is whenever... The way you tells Demar, don't don't fucking don't look, look at, at him. him. Don't look at him. Don't, yeah, look yeah. at me. I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Because yeah. they they need reinforcements and Ketrasil White, or they're going to lose the war. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, we know at the halfway point. Like, okay, can I have? I want to talk about one little thing about about the White, and it ties into the the Quark's problem with the occupation on the bar. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Is it, we have that scene where he's trying to entice the Jim Hadar and they're all just kind of looking around like lizard pigs, you know? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> lizard pigs. That's, yeah. That's that, and he's just really been out of shape because, you know, they don't want sex, drink, nothing, gambling, nothing enticing. Mm. Right, right. An interesting story, like season long story thread is, is Quark trying to bootleg Ketracel White. That would have been an interesting, oh yeah, <laughs> or like coming up with like, an, oh that would have been, yeah, or you know, and calling it like heterosel beige or something like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, oh, trying. Uh, I know you've had heterosel white, but have you had heterosel white plus? Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. It seems like that would have been 
something very oh, like, like very it, yeah. quark would have you know to right. have a black market ketracel <laughs> alternative <laughs> right ketracel black right or think like the federation could have worked with him and think like the 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 way the british took over china or Canton, the Canton province, at least, is by like getting them all hooked up to opium. Right. Finding some Ketracel white that also has a drug component, like a like a well, it is a drug, like, like an a opiate. narcotic component. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like an opiate component, and like uh, well, it get them all like yeah. you want lethargic. you want the Jim Hadar to chase the dragon? Is that what you're? Yep. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is it, isn't that what the Jim Hadar? That's how they control them already, though. They go through withdrawal without it and everything, right? But they don't get high. Do they? I don't. Know. I mean, I think like they, I'm talking about laying them up, like laying on a floor oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, not yeah. moving for. four Four days. We're, we're I'm gonna talking give, about. <laughs> we're gonna give all the Jim Hadar hot shots, and then we'll be done. With yeah, or just, or yeah, like just get them addicted to opium plus catch yourself. <laughs> we're so, just gonna put liquor stores in all their neighborhoods. Yeah, like we're gonna <laughs> do. What, we're gonna need, do what the China, what the British did to China. I feel like the catch yourself white is more like is the only thing that keeps them going. Right. No. It yeah. is. How, how how I need a sandwich every four hours. They <laughs> yes. need catch catch yourself white. Yeah. 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 So, but if we yeah. put heroin in your sandwich. We could take over your household. Right, right. But right. I, if I don't like, if I don't get my sandwich, I will also kill somebody. So it, <laughs> it, it, it's like, I just figured that they have low blood sugar when it's time for them to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's both. It's like a drug, and it's also their sustenance. And, well, it's not a it's not an intoxicating drug. I mean, I don't know. You, they're just they just have such a high tolerance. They don't. I don't. I mean, I'm telling you what. When that sandwich. Yes, when, you're right. I, you're totally right. They could make Ketracil Plus yeah. and get them doped up. That would be a perfectly fine. That would be uh, a fun. That would be a fun side plot. Up. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. that was my my whole thing. Is that when, mm. like. He sees that he has a problem with his bar. You find a market. You find a, you find a niche market. Yes. Yeah. You've that that's that was yeah. the whole thing. I thought he yeah. was gonna do that. Yeah. And but they don't because they can't do they can't do fun things with a quark. Right. Because they like the character too much. I mean, well, it's a plot point later that they can't replicate make synthesize get yourself white. That's a whole thing. Right. right? Well, yeah. I understand that, but that's why I w- make something else. For him attempting to do that should be a thing, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what are you so smiling about? And he's like, well, this as occupations go, this isn't so bad. This one's on the house. What? Yeah. All I want is is to listen to my Elvis Costello. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Yeah. <laughs> and a good profit margin and there's like and he makes a point do like, you want this me to is... be a real rock and roll nerd that's actually a nick low song oh. elvis costello just recovered it Thank, no i'm glad you pointed that out <laughs> okay i'd rather that kind of pedantry than well you know that star trek ship was like, yeah. yeah rock and roll pedantry there's always room for rock and roll pedantry <laughs> right yeah don't ever let me tell me otherwise <laughs> uh, yeah where else were we at uh, uh we met william ross uh admiral ross yet uh, oh my gosh Admiral Ross. Yeah. Why don't they just put like a ham sandwich in there? It'd be just <laughs> as interesting to watch. God, what a wasted the biggest wasted opportunity since then grabbing O'Brien from Star Trek uh, Next Generation. <laughs> Would you rather uh, Admiral Necheyev? Probably. No, my, I guess my I point is is that you have a chance to to like introduce a new character, and they like Martok is an example of how to do that the right way. Yeah. You have you have a new character introduced and you make him interesting. <laughs> Admiral Ross seems like he's bored to tears of the war, and you know. So this is gonna this is gonna make me you laugh. That after uh, Barry Jenner, Admiral Ross, finished shooting, Iris Stephen Bear pulled him aside and said, 
We've had so many admirals on this show. We're glad we found you. I'm just sorry it took five years. What? <laughs> Give me Admiral Necheyev any day. Yeah. Know. The I'm other actors that played admirals, were they difficult? Were they were know. they drunk? Were they late? Or was he just a good know. employee well, and get, that's why? Well, they were women, Hugh. Uh, well, that was true. <laughs> and if you're going to have to get a white man, at least get a white man from RoboCop. That's how they do it well. <laughs> like... You find one from RoboCop. There's an African American admiral that bossed. Oh yeah, that was bossing Cisco around the one. Ever Cisco's having his oh, visions. Yeah. Why didn't they just bring him back? Because he wasn't as good as Barry Jenner, according to Iris Stephen Bear showrunner. Bullshit. That is some bullshit. Right Bear there. says of Jitter, he brings a gravitas to the role, and yet you can see there's a man behind the uniform. I think that Barry Jenner is one of the unsung heroes of the show. One of the pieces of the puzzle that that might not be readily apparent to the audience but he's part of the glue that makes our job easier he's the straw that stirs the drink <laughs> he doesn't say that but holy shit uh, I'll tell you what you know I just there's just something about seeing a a boring white guy in power that really <laughs> speaks to me yeah yeah and I mean I guess that I guess Barry Jenner is most famous for playing uh famous for me for playing Carl Winslow's partner on Family Matters or oh or, <laughs> Yes, our dad, or dance, or boss, or something. Yeah, he yeah. was also in all of the all of the premier primetime soap operas from the early '80s. He was on Nas Landing. He was on uh, Dallas. He may have been on Dynasty. I don't know, but Man. I know he was on Nas Landing in Dallas. Uh, okay, so yeah. Admiral Ross. Not. Uh, I don't know about Falcon Crest either. Uh, I am not an Admiral Ross fan. I'm not the. I mean, uh, I don't hate the guy, but you get him for several more episodes. I know, but um, I know. He's, he's not like. I don't know what he did that Iris Stephen Bear. Uh, I was like, he's fine. Wait a minute. Will Admiral Will Admiral Ross be at the Memphis Comic Con? There's some speculation on Memory Alpha. That one time, Iris Stephen Bear was in a hotel that Admiral uh, that Barry Jenner owned, <laughs> Fake and news. there's Fake a there's news. a there's a there's a clip of something that happened in the room, <laughs> or Barry, yeah, yeah. Who paid for that? Who paid for that research? I don't know. We got the video of piss tape. I Ira Bear had a horse spray goatee dye all over him in bed. <laughs> <laughs> we have a clip of how that hair goatee dye was made. Uh, <laughs> we get old man Cisco again. Benjamin talks to his dad, who's like pissed. Like, what the fuck did you do with my grandson? One of the best, one of great. the best scenes of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was two actors not even in the same room. You mean you didn't leave my grandson at the mercy of a vicious, bloodthirsty enemy? Well. I did. <laughs> yes. yes. Cisco's great in it, I thought, you know. It's wartime. It's not up to me. I go where I'm sent. I don't have a choice. That was that was my problem with this episode that's not this episode's fault was oh, the what? scene. What? Yes. Uh, let me uh, elaborate real quick. This scene brings up a delicious problem for one character where you have a man's son trapped on behind enemy, behind enemy lines. And he's got to be held, you know, accountable to somebody else he cares about, his father, deeply. And it's a, it's like a problem, that tension. It could have been a wonderful thing to develop over a whole season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we never, we never get that. We never get 
the tension that is between these two characters and like this is a first act problem that's introduced. Yeah. You know, and it the 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 promise of is never delivered. Yeah. Is the I problem mean, is the problem because Jake's fine. Like he's fine. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like is if he was, like was a, if they put, put him in, in a chain link fence and he had like an aluminum foil <laughs> blanket, like I mean like seriously, <laughs> that that would feel different, right? R- right? Right. Well, I think it's part of like we keep trying to make these analogies to where we are now. It's it's a it's when did I do innocent, that? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, it's a more innocent <laughs> thing like the with the Dominion they're insidious in this episode at least especially is is that they're not big huge bad guys like they they are giving the illusion um that everything's nice on the station they're not putting people in cages there's not i mean court points that out but you get that that causes a tension problem and i don't think it does i'm saying is that 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 scene that scene is a delicious scene that introduces a very real problem for cisco yeah it never is it, it, mined yeah. for story use later on, and that is my problem. I agree. I mean, yeah. It's like, the problem because you never, in episode five of this arc, you're not saying, God damn, he needs to get back because Jake is about to get fucked up. Right. Yeah, well, and his dad is is having problems on, like, in it's straining this relationship with his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's escalating. Like, your problem is that there's a wonderful, and I agree, wonderful opportunity for an extended arc with this problem sets up. I actually feel like this sets up, this deliberately sets up an arc that's that's just dropped. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're, yeah, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. Like, that's what the point you're making is like, they, I'm not saying, I say, I think I agree with you. That's a, they missed a great opportunity there. I still think the scene is pretty good. Doesn't it feel that, that that that's what they had planned, though? And they just dropped it for some reason? I don't know. I mean, maybe they did. Could have been a, almost a. It could have been a John McCain thing. Well, the the part of the part of the reason why I felt like this whole scene existed was to introduce a problem. I did yeah. like right that that Cisco has to later solve. He promised his dad something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't watched all the all the episodes before they get back, but like, just getting back to what is supposed to, the the thing about the Dominion in this is that they're trying to play nice, and they're if you were a certain way, they could fool you. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're not, you know, look, oh, that's it. Yeah, they are. They are slick enough to pull the wool over some so folks. Else. I guess that, but the point. I think it's foolish for Wei Yun to think he can pull the wool over Jake Sisko's eyes. Just blood is thicker than water and all that kind of well, shit. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's got to try. And, and, and I think that if there try. was a... Yeah. And I think that if it was more of a... Let's keep... Like, let's make an analogy that they that would have been available to him. Like a John McCain thing, where he was a bargaining chip, but they kept... Because he's the son of the vice admiral, the whatever... That Right. <laughs> you know, and that's... John McCain was the son of the vice admiral of the U.S. Army. Or you or whatever. Just that it could be a bar. It could be yeah. like a puzzle piece that could have been that that would have always been something that made Cisco like you could see it on a bunch of occasions where there's the smart play for Cisco to make, and then there's the play his heart wants to make, which is to get back to his son, right? And the conflict and the war between that. Well, I mean, I haven't. We're if we're talking about how would we do this differently, and I haven't watched ahead enough to be able to critique the whole arc yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, really... I mean, but the way to do it was, I don't think there's anything wrong with how they did it in the scene. Like, the way to do it would be each time you bring up in six episodes or however long when we have a Jake scene, we're cutting to get that subplot. And just the thing to do would just to be to raise the temperature each time to where like right. he comes up to yeah. weigh in and says, let me do this. Sure. And he says no. And then the next scene, he's a little more forceful. And then by the end of it, when Wei Yun realizes what's going on, then the true colors of the Dominions kind of 
comes out. Yeah. And then that's when they're kind of almost torturing him by the, like, you know, raise the tension incrementally. But this one, it's just like, yeah. But I like the Jake, how nice he is about like, oh, no, I mean, I, I, I totally support you writing things, but you're just being so biased and niche, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we need to show both sides of it and show both sides. And then maybe we'll be you're not being. This is why I said that it was stupid for Jake to do what he did in the last season, because war correspondents go with the army. Which was what he was doing, what he was, he was going to happen if he got on the ship. But what they're doing is, is that he stayed behind and now he's a captive of an occupying force. There's no journalism being done there, there's only propaganda or silence. So, like, if someone was to stay behind and it's like if, if, a, if a reporter was going to say, I'm going to go into North Korea and report the real story, you're probably not going to get out right. to report this story. Well, but, you know. So what, what he did, I think, sounded heroic to him. You can say to him as a character or to the writer's room. I think it was ultimately just kind of silly. Yeah. And I think I that know. I mean I I think yeah. that what did he learn from it? Well, he what learned is he, not to be naive to think that he could. What is the value of what he's doing well, to himself? I think writing a story from behind enemy lines is a pretty interesting angle, and he probably did too. But but he I think, thought he would be reporting on the war, which he's not allowed to do. Well, he's an he's an innocent naive kid. He thought he could pull it off, and now he's well, learning. And that's that he my can. point. He's, it's dumb. That, it, I don't think it's dumb. That's my point. No, it's okay. It's okay for the character to fail. You said innocent and naive are, are synonyms. Of dumb. Yes, I'm saying as a character, it's not dumb for him yes. to yeah. grow out of his naive. Sure. It's okay for the character to fail. Yeah. I think that that's fine for him to make a mistake and be wrong and be naive, whatever. As long as it serves the tension between Cisco and his dad sure. yes. that, and paid off later. But that's the problem is, is that he did the character did something that was naive and dumb and it doesn't pay off in the larger context of the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like I said, I don't remember specifically, but I'm, I'm, sure I'm, right I'm, I'm done with the Dominion War. I've, I watched this okay. whole arc and I can tell you that he he comes into play right. as an active participant yeah. in, in all this. But this stuff that we're seeing in this episode is dropped. Yeah, yeah, and that's not this episode's fault, but and right. so then all that you're left bummer. with is that Jake learned something about the Dominion as we do, but we already know that they're this we, way. But you got to show like, it. Like, there's no mystery to the Dominion to us, is there? To the nature and temperament well, still, of the Dominion, you got to show the. You have to hit those notes to reinforce what the Dominion is. But I feel like they've done that for three seasons now. They they haven't seen them occupy a station and pretend to be nice guys about it. That's new. That's what this episode is doing. We know they're not nice guys. We've seen them for three seasons. But they, that's the whole point that I don't know what to tell you, man. That's, you got to reinforce that that's how they operate and that's what they're trying to do. Yes. I know. Okay. I guess I'm saying that you're not tricking me that they're the bad guys. They can be nice, but you can't. What what what's dumb about it is bringing a character through a cycle of realizing it. But and I don't know if that's a hundred percent what they're doing here. That, but that why is no, that dumb? It. Because we already realize it that they're being nice is incongruous to off, us. You're, you're looking at this. James is looking at this at this this thing with the characterization of the Dominion coming through in a scene. We gotta keep in mind that they did this. This is still like in the context of 
when it was made, Maybe, syndicated yeah. TV, where yeah. you have to remind the like if you have an episode about the Borg, you have to have a scene that reminds the audience that who might be seeing it out of order or have not seen it for a year about the nature of the Borg. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the Dominion. Mm-hmm. If you're having an episode with the Dominion, you gotta because it's syndicated TV. You gotta have one, uh, one scene that shows you what the what the Dominion's made out of. Mm-hmm. If you're watching it, you know, if you're streaming it. You it's or you're even making it for a streaming age. You don't do that, right? Um, but it's still very much a product of of you know its time. As a result, yeah, because it's built for that. You know, it's built. And all for that, that I can see in it is the wasted time. Yes, because we talk about all these other things that we would like to see that they that they could do in there to ratchet up things, and then you know, well, where are they going to squeeze that? Well, not by not going over how the obsequious like. In, in Purgatory Shadow, and is all about the sequence nature of the World well, War. That's just like being... looking at back at the old 1950s cars, yeah. and you see all the like the wasted like they the try to make space, it aerodynamic, yeah. Yeah. but right, by making right. it those things huge with huge fins, you're creating more air drag. Sure, yeah. It's the same thing. It's you're looking at an old vehicle, and you're looking at all yeah. the drag that's put on it. Right, by right, trying right. To, yeah. It's just a, a design flaw. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's thank God we don't live in the times of syndicated TV anymore. <laughs> yeah, but what I thought this episode does so well is is does syndication and carrying on that story well from last season. And yeah, this no, one. this is, it def- it's a higher wire act yeah, for yeah, it. It's definitely yeah, a high, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it makes. I definitely the, agree. I mean, the fact that the show is this episode and the show is good makes these yeah, yeah and this, unnecessary fins on the car. <laughs> Right, More, right. Yeah. and I mean, I think I think this episode. I mean, it's moving shit along. It's it's hitting so mu- it's moving so much stuff forward incrementally to the extent that the IMDb synopsis hasn't happened yet, and we're we're yeah. you know until like halfway through the episode, <laughs> you know. And there's we can say that they missed opportunities for like what they could do with the Jake plot, which I agree with, but I still don't think the scene's bad. I, no, the scene, the scene, with, it, like you said, it's not the show. Wait, scene with who? Fine. Cisco and Cisco, yeah. or the scene with Jake and the, Wayun? No, the I J- think the, the scene Jake. with Wayun and Jake is fine. I think, yeah, it's fine-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating, but fine. Yeah, I, I that's where I come down on it. Probably, yeah. I mean, Jake's acting better than he did two episodes ago, and Wayun is great. So, I mean, it, it's a fun character to watch. His person, mm-hmm. like, just personally watching Wayun be obsequious while we know he's evil is funny now this is actually a good a good part of this scene one of the best parts about this scene is in the food chain we don't see Wayun interact with people lower than him yes or as who he perceives as lower than him uh-huh. we he always has scenes with somebody he's trying to butter up odo he's trying to butter up kira he's trying to butter up cisco he's always has these scenes with people that he's either equal with or trying to like get in favor with this is how he treats somebody who he sees as below him. And he's more condescending and harsher and nastier. Like when he laughs into a guy's face and he's like, are you really that naive? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's depressed. Oh, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get to see him. We get to see Wei Yun treat how he treats somebody like lower on us on the strata yeah, yeah. than himself. And I, I thought it was funny when Jake runs up to him and Mr. Wei Yun, call me Wei Yun. He's taller than the Jim Hadar are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a tall, lanky boy. That's just all I'll say. Yeah, I, I, the the Jim Hadar could be taller, and just generally could be more imposing visually. Yeah, 
Give them some platform shoes, yeah, an Apple box. Something, yeah. I mean, like, they're just, they, they could be more visually imposing. Film them differently, maybe, you know. Run them from, like, a low angle. Yeah. Reading all of this stuff here um, that's on Memory Alpha about, like, how fucking scared they were to do serialization. Like, it's one, it's, it's, it's almost like a document to, like, you know, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> right. In that, like. Yeah. You know, now there's shows that are syndicated that I almost wish weren't. Right. You know, like everything is like this chore to like, oh, where are we? You know, like just, and I think that's, uh, you know, there's just a lot of like, like you sit down and watch the 100 and I wish this or whatever that I have to, you know, whatever this, whatever dumb television that generally people watch now. And they're like, why do I have to keep with all this continuity oh, I, and like, you know, and all know, of this I, stuff. I yeah. can't just jump on. I got to start from the beginning. Yeah. I got to do this stuff. And, um, I found the wonderful antidote to that. And I think other people have found it too. Cause people have been talking about it for years now, but I think that in all of the sort of drag that we've been talking about with not only living in hell world, but peak TV and all of the dourness and stuff is how like the psychological sort of euphoria of watching the great British bake off. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have I you watched, watched it? it but Hugh? I, I I've heard yeah. it's so yeah, quiet yeah, and so Yeah. We've been watching that for years. We watch it on PBS like every yeah, Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, I've never I've just me and my wife have just discovered it and it's like it's pastel colors. They're in a field of, under a tarp. It rains and they plays the Oh, it's like watching <laughs> something from another planet. It's completely alien. <laughs> and it's so sedate and calming, but it still has intrigue and like right. you know, there's character lines and stories that you follow. Oh, Jeffrey's I think not- Paul Hollywood's a fucking ghoul, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, Paul, yeah, 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 fuck. I don't know anything about anybody on the show, so I don't have any real world infecting it, but it's just like, oh, that guy, that that stagio Brit better put more than two new ingredients into this or they're going to think he's boring again. And and nobody argues (laughs) and no one fights and and everybody's nice and they just bake. And it's really like, it's like a warm bath. It's like a, it's a warm bath for your brain. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it's so it's it's like seventh heaven <laughs> for my mate <laughs> for 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 girls of a certain age possibly <laughs> except yeah, except that uh, is paul hollywood a child molester because that would ruin it i i don't know i i know nothing next to nothing about great british you should, british you should, the great you, british you should watch off. it it is um I, I heard it yeah. is uh it is the indica of television <laughs> <laughs> all right back to star trek but uh, yeah, and then it just like the the wording that uh, Wei Yun hates occupation. This isn't an occupation. We're not on Bajor. But anyways, yeah, we we covered that scene. Then it, we finally get to the actual description plot of this episode, where Cisco's been relieved of his command of the Defiant, but they give him dum 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 a Jim Hadar ship. Not just any Jim Hadar ship, but that ship that we got at the beginning of last season. And they have to learn how to use it and everything, uh, and to go into Dominion space and blow up a Ketrasil White facility. It's just a fun, fun story. This is the kind of like you're like, yeah, war stories. Yeah, yeah. This is how like wars happen. This people have plans and shit. And so right, yeah, right. They get, yeah. So I liked it. Then they have to figure out the designs. Like, there's how come there, there's a lot of things like there's no chairs, there's no view screens, and there's no replicators. And Bashir is like, well. You won't care about that when they also have no medical facilities. So you might 
you really want a bio bed later on. And, yeah. and then it made me ask, why didn't they, like, I guess do, when the Jemadar scan ships, do they scan for furniture, but not for the life, the DNA of the life form <laughs> that's in the ship? Yeah, I don't know. Because I was like, why didn't they put some fucking chairs in that bitch? I didn't really understand. They just have to adapt to what's how the Jim Hadar, just in case. I don't know. Uh, they get knocked off their chair. They get complacent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought that I, I like the visual representation of the... You know what? I think you could make a strong case that, that maybe experience of watching Star Trek through the years has taught me anything. Maybe they should. everybody on the bridge should be standing. <laughs> because every time some enemy beams aboard the bridge and starts beating the shit out of somebody, it's from a stand. It's from a sitting position. Maybe, maybe they wouldn't if they didn't have to take that split second to, to jump up from their chairs. I think. I think the thing is, like when when you're doing the shaky screen, it's a lot goofy. It's harder to do that standing. When to lean left, lean right in your chair, like. Sure. <laughs> actually, it's more ac- it's yeah. a more action packed because you can actually fall to the ground. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's harder to lean. I guess in, I, unison, I, lean yeah, in unison, lean in unison. Yeah, 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 right. Because yeah. I like the vis- I like that only one person can see, and that like all of the stuff outside they're doing this little fucking like right. unfocused thing from the front of the screen. I like all right. of that. They've got a newer version of Google Glass. Yeah, and I like that only Garrett can that, that gives Garrett something to do. I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, right, right. And I get that Garrick is handy, but like, you know, they they need to give him something to do. Right. I like all of that, but it's still, it seems like they could have. For a second. It seems like they could have Federation to that shit. It makes the Federation like. Eh. Well, one that's, I don't know, just story-wise, we've got a Jemadar ship, but then it's more interesting to make them adapt. Yeah, I found very little fault with, with all this stuff. I don't know. It just, it seemed like, I mean, it's, it comes in, it comes in handy to get to where the plot has to go for the next episode. Right. Because there's not uh, other redundancies that a Federation ship would have. Right. But, right. We've got, we've, we stole a Jim ship and we've established the comfiest couch you'll ever get. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like, put, put, put a stool on there. I don't know. But I get that, like, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, these are nitpicky things. And I'm not, I'm nitpicking here, but yeah, it just seems like, yeah, yeah. It's just not, <laughs> it ruined the show for me, guys. No, I'm like, not <laughs> saying that. Yeah, they, they've got a new version of Google Glass. Yeah. Uh, instead of the shoulder cam. But they can't um, make it to where it won't hurt her. Well, yeah. Part of me, like, oh, is this is an opportunity? I don't know. Whenever they give, Cisco headaches. I'm gonna. It's like, oh, are they? Is he gonna have a fucking delirium dream because of these headaches later on? <laughs> That's where they got him. That's where they know. put the the yeah, yeah yeah right 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 parademons parades parades. I don't parades parades sir. Oh, we yeah. all just cut the know. episode that introduces the parades on our wine album. Oh, you're right. We did. except for Wade or except for Hugh. Hugh didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, faint within a faint, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could bring them back up sure. just as yeah, pretty I easily. I, I, but yeah. I'm determined that I'm not caring about that on the White Albums, but yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. You gotta make hard cuts. Uh, the USS Centaur and Charlie Reynolds chases them around and shoots at them and they shoot back. If I know Charlie Reynolds. He says that like twice, doesn't he? Right, right. Yeah, old Charlie Reynolds. I knew him back at, we came up back at the academy, probably. (laughs) Kind of wish Charlie Reynolds was the admiral. (laughs) He sounds pretty interesting. You like the cut of that name. You like the name of that cut of that name, Jib. (laughs) I'm a huge Charlie Reynolds fan. 
And I think yeah. the centaur is kind of a shitty name for a ship. It's a very shitty name for I a ship. I think it's a great name. It's what? A, it's a mythological animal. It's like, I don't know. It's but miles it, above, Really? Is it, I mean, it's... It, how it's, many How many more mythological characters uh, or animals would, could, are sound cooler, though? The, the, min, the minotaur. The, even a minotaur. The minotaur is uh, more evil, the, though. Uh, the, I mean, it's... It's it's an unusual name. It's not named the Manticore. Manticore would be a cool, but Centaur's fine for me. I mean, it is an unusual name that it's not named after a river or a famous general or <laughs> yes. a, a pre-existing. Oh, we've never heard of General we... Centaur. <laughs> Actually, no. He's 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 my favorite general from all of the Narnia books. Centaurs are very good um, <laughs> strategic. By, by the way, by the way, I've got one more kid. I've got one more kid, but I have went through my entire life and two kids, almost two, one and a half kids, let's say at this point, never reading reading a fucking Narnia book, and I'm happy for yeah. that. They're fine. I mean, I grew up on them, but uh, yeah, my same here. We, our kids are not interested in that. Yeah, yeah. Sh- I guess should we talk more about that Kira uh, Me Too scene? I mean, other than, you know, it comes as no surprise that Ducat's using his power to be gross. Yeah, it's not out of character. Let's start with that. It's not out of character. There's no character assassination going on here. Yeah. We haven't spent much time together. It's like, fuck off, you creep. What do you think's happening? And it is real. And it is, uh, it gives, I I do think that they do justice to her. Like, they don't laugh it off. No. You know, there's nobody that's like, get over it, bitch. This is an occupation. What did you expect? You know, there's none of that. Right, right. Like, her the, her fear is very real. Yeah. And and she plays it spot on. Yeah. Um, I mean, she mm-hmm. was an actress in the 90s. Let's imagine that she probably has some sort of understanding of that she can use her sense of memory of what this was like. Yeah, sure, sure. So, sure. Um, uh, but, like, uh, you know, like, watching it is pretty... I don't know. Like I think I don't I don't I don't know. It's one of those things that's taken on more I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh yeah. So it made you didn't like watching it or you thought it was No, I mean I don't I... Yeah. Well, it's not entertaining. That It's not like something you just love to see. <laughs> no, but people love that handmaid's tale show. Maybe that it and I don't. Like I, I don't know. Is that I don't that's know a problem actually. that the handmaid's show has is it needs more great British bake off cut in the middle of it. But um <laughs> I don't know. Like there's a like maybe like How would you I don't I don't know. Like I think that one of the things that I can say is that it it is so powerful because we're living in the moment that we're living in or whatever moment like we're finally fucking realizing this shit sure, sure. i hate act like we're in a fucking trend <laughs> this this year it's right, right. women bitching about being like sexually harassed on jobs so- next year the color orange you know <laughs> but um maybe it could have been more implied but then you run the risk of it being soft pedaled off i don't know it wasn't fun to watch. I think going into it hard is, I mean, it's a good thing. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to say that it's a great scene. I don't. Uh, She's great in it. He's great in it. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, like yeah. I said, there's we, no character assassination. I'm not. It's not like I'm saying, boy, they wouldn't do it that way now. Right. You know, it's not that they showed an insensitivity to it. It's just it, maybe it showed too much of a sensitivity or too. Maybe it was too intense because you can play with that without it being really real, you know? No. Is that it wasn't, and then now that it's more real, it's more distracting. I don't know. I, uh, okay. 
Yeah. Like, you know, I, I didn't I don't watch know. this new... I don't know. It's like how sometimes you have to, like... Like, if you're going to do a show about sexual harassment, then you really go into it. But if you're going to do a show about a thousand other things, and that's not one of them, why bring that emotion into it? Because it's a real emotion, and they've been building on it. Like you said, it's not out of nowhere. And Oh, I think I think the choice to leave it in was a good one. I'm not... And yeah, I think yeah. it, because it, it gives another angle to which you understand... You know what Kira's living that's, under. That's true. The circumstances right, right. That, that she's living under. That this occupation, maybe that's even the though th- that's the point, is that even though things on the surface are looking fine, and you can't outwardly see how much of a change thing, like there's still the uh, an angle of oppression that is harmful. Right. And it's like, oh, they never seem to offer us the opportunity to venture beyond station business. I don't have time for this. It's time we had some time alone. He's got her alone, and that's when he pulls his creep shit. She's like, what the fuck? What do you think is going to happen here, Ducat? That you're going to wear me down with your charming personality? That I'm going to be swept off my feet by that insincere smile? Are you really so deluded that you actually believe that we're going to have some kind of intimate relationship? That whole stuff is just... It's not, you're not wrong, and I think that maybe that's... third-rate power. My people had lost their way. I've made them strong again. Uh, You know, and she's like, look, man, even your own people think you sold everybody out. I don't know. There's just a lot of good stuff in this. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's not a, like, it's a good scene. It's a good episode. It's a good show. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to deal with, like, that maybe that is, it does... I've heard a lot of women complain about not liking Mad Men. And not for any textual reason of Mad Men, but like, why would I want to watch that show? Is it something that someone says? And I don't, I don't fully understand that because you know there's a lot of other things going on in the show. But like, that was one of the scenes where I could see someone sort of, why would I want to watch this? You know, and I and I do think that because well, and she's and then but then again earlier I said maybe they should put. Jake in the chain link fence and give him an aluminum foot blanket. So I don't know. Like, I, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. That's it's, what I don't understand because you usually like this kind of I stuff. I got to <laughs> navigate Hellworld. Like, you know, like it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's maybe, I mean, maybe it was the realness. I mean, you, you I don't know. I don't know. It's powerful. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's a compliment that I can give it. It's powerful. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's all I'm trying to say. And maybe it was overly, maybe it was more powerful than they intended in the script. But I don't know. Is that a problem for it, though? I don't know. No, yeah. not logically, <laughs> emotionally, maybe. Okay. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I know I'm being a, well, what happened I know at- I'm being a shifty target for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it does feel like you're you're like live on air grappling. Yeah, with yeah, your yeah. own That's what feelings. I am, yeah. It's not like I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand where you're yeah. coming from. You're you're working this out. Yeah. Um. We've kind of. What else have we? We've gone over a lot. Well, I guess in the end, the in, the, we were there. The battle intrigue stuff was pretty fun. Yeah, all of that stuff was great. The main plot of the episode: they go into Dominion space, they go to the asteroid. It really, it's like five minutes though. Yeah, I thought it, that was pretty tight. Yeah, no, no. it was tight as mm. hell because it. Yeah, they they. I was like, oh my god, how long? It's like, oh, there's six minutes left. We're they still haven't done the thing. It's yet. perfect caper <laughs> structure. Right. You lay out the plan. Yeah. Of what you got to do. And then the plan looks like it's going to work. And then there's always that minute where everybody's like, did it work? 
oh, we got it every, yeah. like, and then, oh, oh there's oh, a, day. oh, we got to improvise. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, oh, shit. It uh, went off earlier and we got to uh, wait for the thing, the blast wave to wipe out the shield array and then we can go out and then they have to yeah. improvise on the fly. And then they're fatally crippled at the end. Yeah. Ask Bashir how long it's going to take. And he's like, this long because he's a mintat and they don't have time to punch into the computer for some reason. Because yeah. <laughs> it would, because would cut the power of him saying that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, give or take it. Putting a time, and then it goes off early, and then you know, and then it's cliffhanger because they've lost all their. So, that's right. so I like all that. So we've got a mini Voyager, like yeah. And what like, a great oh, way to the, tell the war because you you do you do have this problem. No warp drive. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You do have this problem where um, a lesser writing group would have said well okay we're gonna tell that we finally got permission from our bosses to make this big fucking epic and they've probably given us enough money to do it like to get the models and michael akuda's mm-hmm. doing all this sort of you know box hack uh, like model kit hacking that starbase looked like a new model to me. yeah yeah and so you got all this yeah. money and all this stuff so you're probably gonna you're like we're gonna do some star wars shit and so then you're going to like, okay, so you picture this sort of grand epic, but really it's all told in this sort of small, like, character, you know, these characters on this little bug-shaped ship and how they've got to, like, you know, that that, that it is very tight around this one plot and this one group of guys. It's a smart way to go because it's character-based. It's telling a bigger story amongst characters. They avoided a lot of pitfalls I think a lot of shittier shows would have told. At this point, and that, you know, mm-hmm. that's to Iris Stephen Bear's credit. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. We sometimes give backhanded compliments to him, but he's doing a good job at this point with this show. Mm-hmm. Except for fucking Admiral Ross. No. <laughs> Admiral Ham Sandwich. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's so, he's so dreamy. You just said how much you love Ham Sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to, you guys got any final thoughts on this episode? Anything you want to go over or we missed? Um, no, I just I like this. This is the most serialized one thing leading into the next that we've gotten, I think, so far on the show, and I dig it. Yeah, I don't think there. I mean, outside of the little thing, I don't think there's any sort of theme or like the the episode is just the first part of a bigger story, you know. So it's not like it plays out a theme or anything. Right. Yeah, they reset the stage for the beginning of the season, and then they're continuing the story that they, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really episode two of of a story. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, not, right. It's not episode one of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the rewatch meter. I'm going to go ahead and just say this is a ten for me. I will rewatch this episode at some point. Like this, yeah, yeah, is definitely yeah. something I want to watch again. Same here. Yeah. I, I mean, in fact, I would say this whole arc is probably. I don't know. Even yeah, there's going to be like I don't know, but like three episodes in, there could be like a like a shitty piece of shit episode but it's still going to get buoyed because it's part of this arc you know yeah this arc is like six episodes it'll get return of the jedi return of the jedi where it's absolutely awful but we all think of it finally because it's a part of a thing we like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) no comment you guys you guys want to guess on what the imdb people i assume that that sentiment follows right uh yeah i'm gonna say 8.9 i'm gonna take the low end 8.7 8.5. 8.5. Oh. Not low enough. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> eight, eight, 
875 yeah. votes, which is a little low for a season I mean, opener. And it's this eight. is a great episode, but in the pantheon of great episodes, I know, yeah. I mean, this isn't a top five episode of the show. I think this is as good a continuation as the last episode. It's sure, mm. but and that last episode was a nine. So uh, I don't, but, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't. It's this is literally splitting hairs, but I don't know if it's as good as the one from. I mean, because there's just right. a little bit less. Uh, it's hard to say that. Yeah, I don't there's know. There's more. Fo- there's more. There's more intense things that happen on the show. Right. Yeah, but the but like the the one set the new paradigm and the stakes are real high and it's just unusual. Yeah, I know. I you know you know they're still not back on the station at the end of it. It's kind of like when you watch the first episode of True Detective and then the second episode of True. You know, like yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know what happened in that second episode, but I know what probably was as good as the first episode yeah. and not as good as the fourth episode. So you know, you you yeah, yeah. it is. It is a sort of meter to this thing, but like it's not knocking it. Right. Except there's been chronologically what four months before this epi- between two episodes or how Yeah, long? it is. It's a season three, three, three months. Three months. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it matches the season. Oh, I'm dumb. Yep. All that yeah. war was. How long gone. they've been gone matches since the Yeah, yeah it's clever, okay. isn't it? Well, too clever for me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps up this episode. Wade, how do you want to outro this bad boy? Uh, let's see. Can I ask one question? And it's totally unrelated, but it's Star Wars related. Well, <laughs> do they have Christmas in the Federation? Oh, I in, in the Star Wars Federation yeah. or the Star Is there Trek ever? Do they celebrate Christmas well, in Star Wars? They had a Star Wars special where they yeah, went they, back to it. motherfucker day, right? Star Trek <laughs> Life Day. <laughs> motherfucker, they don't celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Life Day. Right, right. No, uh, do, in, do they celebrate Christmas in the Federation? I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know if they've ever had a Christmas or holiday episode. I don't think so which either. To their to their credit. To their, <laughs> to their credit. credit. I mean, yeah. like that's a thing. Okay, so that was just the only thing that occurred to me. I don't know why. Okay, keep yeah. going. Yeah. So if you know the answer to that question and you know just exactly about uh, Federation Life Day or Peldar Joy, assholes, we know the Bajorans have something. I forgot. Mm. Give us a call and let us know about what you think about this episode, about what you think about what we think about this episode, and what you think about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. You can give us a call at 917-408-3898. Or shoot us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Or, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you were, you paused. I thought, sorry. Yeah, no, that's my fault. Uh, or if you want to give us money or support the show and, and get some other content, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash kickersofelves. And if you can't afford to give us money, at least give us to your friends and do all the good reviews and do all the other stuff that every other podcast wants you to do. Please. See, I can ask. Catherine that. Janeway makes several references to Christmas, and so does Picard once. Oh. But that he was in the Nexus, yeah. so it's in Generations. So I don't know. Uh, okay. But Voyager, they talk about Christmas. Oh, well, they never show it celebrated. They just like mention their own personal yes, uh, right. things. So probably. it's all Brandon Braga's fault. Any reference to Christmas? Probably. probably. <laughs> Fucking ass. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So there we go. All right. Oh, all they right. actually have a Christmas tree on the Voyager. So yes. All right. Done. Yeah, of course. Fucking, damn it, Braga. Those people. <laughs> Alright, three to beam out. Boop. Boop. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line? 
where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes. They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.